welcome back to Dr. Me First. It's your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Freaking Aaron Weisman. And I have got another great interview to share with you today. This is Dr. Jatu Sinisi. She's got an amazing story to tell and is just an absolute joy to be around. So join us in our conversation. But before you do, I got to pay some bills. I've got a really fun sponsor, locumstory.com, and a really fun story to share with you today. All right, here we go. It's called Docs and Shocks. Some docs are overworked as work works overworked workers weary. Some docs are overstocked, stopped as pandemic TikToks keeps docs off clocks. If docs are in shocks as the pandemic clock TikToks, then locums is the token to unburn the burnt out broken. So how many clocks TikTok must talk until docs tick box and swap to the spoken locum tenants token to unburn the burnt out broken? Enough ticks have talked. The time is now and locums is how. Locum tenants tends to trend as a godsend mends the burnt out ends. For locum tenants information and to hear other cool stories like this, go to drpodcastnetwork.com backslash locum story. It's your final destination to finding a job that's fulfilling and not life sucking. Go check them out, friend. Welcome to the podcast, my friend, my fellow coach, the person I really do love laughing with, Dr. Jatu Sinisi. It is so great to have you here with me. Thanks for having me, Erin. I'm glad to come laugh with you again. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Well, introduce yourself to the people on podcasting world and tell them about the work that you are doing in the world. As Erin said, I am Dr. Jatu Sinisi. I am a board certified OBGYN by training turned physician satisfaction specialist, where I really like particularly specialize in helping early career physicians design lives they genuinely like inside and outside of work by being as intentional about their sense of satisfaction and well-being as they have been about their success. From my own personal journey in this healthcare world, I recognize how not being intentional and just kind of assuming that things are going to work out well often leads you left and you get into this place of kind of existential crisis because you're like, why am I not as happy with having achieved all the things that I achieved? And it's because I was really intentional about achieving the things that equated to what I thought was success and kind of assumed that the satisfaction would go along with it. And I now recognize that um there are things I need to do, maybe not quite as intently as I did in medical school and residency. However, there still needs to be attention and intention paid to the elements that make life work for me in a professional sense and in a personal sense. And so having gone through that myself and having seen that with my friends and colleagues, I have a real heart for helping people as early as possible, recognize what are the things, what are the tools, what are the experiences that need to go into making that life more satisfying. I love that. And I love that you're like, catch them early, catch them young to get this work started. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're one of the first physicians that I bumped into several years ago, actually, when you told me like, no, this is my full-time work. And it so inspired me, I have to tell you, to be like, 
wow, look what she's doing here. Well, I have to be perfectly transparent and say I kind of backdoored my way into coaching. And what I think actually helps me with coaching is by, I would say, one of my favorite phrases that I learned during residency is a bad example is still an example. And so kind of having done things that didn't quite work out and realizing, oh, that wasn't the thing kind of kept redirecting me back to where I needed to be. Because people are like, oh, you left clinical medicine to become a coach. No, I left clinical medicine because I was burned out. And I was, I like to say that there was this combination of hubris and naivete that made me think, I can figure this out. I'm just going to leave with no plan. I do not recommend leaving with no plan. That's what I did though. And at the time I thought I'm tired of the way I feel as a physician. And I thought, okay, maybe I just don't like one-on-one working with patients. Maybe that's too draining for me. Maybe I need to do something that's more like broad scale working with a whole lot of people. So I looked into like public health. I was like, maybe like public health policy, population health. And turns out that wasn't really what I wanted. I actually really enjoy working with people individually. It's just the way that I was having to do it. And having gone through up till age 35, being very much on a specific track of doing this, getting this degree, moving, 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 I decided that it's like, maybe I need to be a free spirit. You know, maybe structure isn't my thing. You know who's not a free spirit? This gal. So needs structure. However, I needed to have flexibility available within the structure. And so recognizing, okay, I need to do things differently, not quite as rigidly. However, I do still need that structure is kind of part of also what I brought into the um, coaching was, okay, I have all these different tools, but how can I put that into kind of a system and a structure that, you know, worked for me. And then once I kind of recognized the system and the structure that worked for me, how can I share these tools within a system and a structure that could be helpful for my other Again, very type A (laughs) physician colleagues. And in that process of kind of figuring out the things that worked for me, that's when I realized, oh, this could actually be really helpful for my physician colleagues. So I circled back around to coaching. It wasn't like, I'm going to leave medicine because I'm burnt out and I'm going to go help my physician colleagues. There was like a good four-year gap between those two decisions. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing your story because... You know, so many times I think people see the middle bit of your story Mm -hmm. or my story and they don't know all the blood, sweat and tears. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. You said it better than I did by saying, you know, bad example is still an example. I am ass backwards. I am. (laughs) I am. OBGYN, you know, that's a bad situation. (laughs) And, you know, and when you're in the middle of the shit storm. Like, I remember a time where I just hated medicine. I hated looking at my degree on the wall. I hated my business card. I hated my white coat that said Dr. Wiseman on it. But it's because, like, you're in the middle of the ass backwardness. Mm-hmm. And you can't see the good that's going to come through it. And to two, you are a light that shows, like, even though maybe your path isn't the quote-unquote ideal one. Now where you're at, you can look at it and be like, but yet it it has brought me to here, so it's okay. Exactly. And that was another part of it is when you go to school to become a physician, it's very much about do it and do it right the first time. And so we don't like not being right. And so part of what I think helps me as a coach is helping people be like, it's okay to try things out and have it not work out the first time. Sometimes we're, we tend to go through... Either I do it and it works the first time, 
that means if it didn't work the first time, that means it's absolutely no good or I'm not good at it. And helping people recognize sometimes it just needs to be tweaked. Sometimes it does need to be tossed. Sometimes it's just not your thing. However, we tend to be very binary in the, if it didn't work the first time, this is clearly not my thing. Why would God have me be here? This is not my thing. And sometimes it's just looking at it from a different perspective. And oftentimes we think the only perspective is the perspective that we have had, we've had to this point or the perspective that people around us have had. And we don't maybe take into account that the people around us are miserable too. So why are we taking their perspective? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Before we get into our word, I'm going to put a picture of this mug in the show notes. Oh, I love that. It has been my inspiration for the last two months. And for you people in podcasting world, it's like the infinity sign in rainbow colors. And it says experiment, fail, learn, repeat. And that is 100% what you're saying that keeps me grounded as far as it's okay if it didn't work the first time. Like that was experimental, you know, learn and repeat. It's fine. And you're so right. But in our medical education culture, it was like, well, what's the saying? See one, do one, teach one. Yeah. Holy shit. That is so wrong. <laughs> and how can we expect that in our own lives that we're going to do it once and then we're going to be expert level at it? I mean, seriously. And then even kind of piggybacking on that, even though we they say that, there is still a level of kind of, I like to call it supportive accountability in place in like medical training when you're learning to do the actual patient care stuff. Even though you're the resident, let's say you're the senior on their team and you're the one who's kind of the last step before the attending, there's still attendings there to kind of help you keep you from killing people and doing bad things. When you're trying to figure out how to make your life work, there tends to be less supportive accountability. It tends to be all punitive accountability where you don't pay your bill on time, you get a this, you don't. All the accountability tends to be, I have to do the, and that just kind of reinforces the idea of I have to do it right the first time. And I do think that as coaches, one of the things we do is provide supportive accountability so people feel comfortable at least having some space where you can be like, I didn't quite do that right. And not feeling like you're going to have a hammer dropped on you from that. Absolutely. Well, let's jump into your word satisfaction because I know it is at the core of what you do. It's where you help people move into that space from being dissatisfied, unsatisfied to where they can really sit in it and be like, wow, this is my life and this is my work. So tell me a little bit about the word to you, what it means to you, why you picked it? So for me, I think, so going back to, I left my job with no plan. When I left clinical medicine, what I thought about was, okay, I just don't feel well. And I was like, I need something that's going to, I need to have a life where I can maintain a sense of feeling well where while also helping people, because I am still altruistic at heart. I like to help people. So there's got to be a way that I can do both. So I kept thinking wellness, wellness, well-being, wellness. And I realized kind of in the process that for me, well-being is tied to having a sense of satisfaction. And I didn't really know what satisfaction was for me. I truly conflated satisfaction and success. Okay. I've done all the things. I've hit all the benchmarks. I you know, passed all my bazillion board exams. And so I've reached this place and I'm supposed to be happy now. And I had to take a step back and recognize that what I was considering to be the source of my satisfaction was external. And it was based on what other people thought looked good to them. And I had to take 
a step back and recognize, okay, what are my priorities? What's actually most important to me? And recognize that the greatest sense of satisfaction I could achieve personally was being able to identify my priorities, honor my priorities, and respect the priorities of others. And historically, it was very much identifying what other people thought my priorities were meant to be and kind of always adhering to other people's priorities. And I find that sometimes kind of going back to that, I thought I needed one to be a free spirit. You think, okay, well, if this version didn't work, I need to flip it completely to the other side, which gets you into the place of being so self-centered that you're like, all I care about is my priorities and I'm not going to care about any what anyone else thinks. And we live in a society, we live in community. I think we have learned in the past year that when we think only about ourselves, it is not good for the entire society and the community. So being able to recognize how can you honor your priorities and respect the priorities of others and recognize that even if your priorities don't necessarily completely align, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be head on head in conflict. It's recognizing that lays the groundwork for compromise. And so helping people, you know, including myself, recognize, okay, be honest with yourself about what your priorities are, because if you lie to yourself to begin with, that's the setup for just badness, because you get resentful, you think you're doing a thing because you want to do it, but in the back of your head, you're mad that somebody, you feel like someone's making you do it. So being honest with yourself about what actually is a priority, and even if you do the thing that isn't necessarily a priority, doing that of your own volition, making that conscious decision. I'm doing this thing. I don't love being up at six o'clock, taking the kids to soccer practice or whatever. However, I have chosen to do this thing instead of being like, I'm having to do this. The world is putting this thing on me. So kind of the crux of satisfaction for me is recognizing that when I honor my priorities, take into account the priorities of other people, see how we can make those things work together that allows me to function at the best that I can in whatever circumstance. And so just helping people and recognizing, even with my clients, my priorities aren't going to be the same as yours. I'm, I don't know your life. We don't have the same life. Your kids are going to be high priorities for you. I don't have children, so we're not going to have those same priorities. However, I can respect that that's your priority and being able to take those things into account really, I think, serves everyone, honestly. I love that. I love that so much. Do you use a particular tool or something you've created to help your people? Because awareness is so huge, just like seeing them. So I have a lot of just kind of individual tools that I work with, with my clients within a system that I kind of developed uh, to be able to use them in a clear fashion. So I call it my five essential strengths for success with satisfaction. And the first thing is that honesty piece, it's see reality. And so I say, whatever issue that you've brought to the table that you want to address, you got to take a look at the good, the bad, the likely awesome, the potentially ugly. Because I think what happens is if you're in a positive mood, you're like, everything is perfect and great. And you maybe don't, you're not honest about the things that you don't like. On the flip side, if you are feeling really, really negative about something, all you see is the negative and you don't see the positive. Like you think, I can't stand this job. I was like, well, you know, you might not love it, but it helps you pay your bills and it gives you your, it gives you your benefits. So there is something positive there. So you have to take that into account. So that's kind of that first step is just taking an honest assessment. Step two is seek clarity. 
look at what's true and then think about what you actually want to be true. And that's where you have to really be honest with yourself again and say, even if this thing I think is hard or might be really difficult to achieve, this is actually what I want to have happen. Remember having a conversation with a friend who wanted to not have to take weekend call. And like literally as she said that sentence, she followed up immediately with, but I know that's not possible. That's like, that's not what we're talking about. We're going to talk about possible. We're talking about what is it that you actually want? Ironically, a month, a year later, she was able to not have a weekend call just because of circumstances. But I was like, you got to be clear about what you actually want in order to get anywhere near it. Third is seize priorities, which is identify your fundamental priorities. And that's actually one of the main tools I use with clients is I do a process with them called purpose statement facilitation. So some clients like call it purpose statement. For some people, they got a lot of baggage around the word purpose. So priority statement maybe works better for them. Figure out what are the elements that make anything meaningful for you? What are your fundamental priorities? And then in any particular situation, what are your situational priorities? So once you identify those, okay, make those your foundational things when you get to the next step, which is strategize possibilities. Think about all the different ways you can achieve what you said you wanted to get clear on, the things you got clear about wanting in a way that honors your priorities and open your brain up to that. Don't just say, I can only do the things that I've ever seen. Again, take any boundaries off and just think of all the things you could possibly do. You don't even need to want to do them, but the things you could do. And that's when you do that trial and tweak piece. You try things out, you see what works, you see what doesn't work. And you put those different things in place. And then last and not least, which I think is very often skipped, is sustain personal policies for self-care. Have those habits that you do on a regular basis and identify the things that you do on a regular basis that allow you to maintain a sense of well-being as you're putting all these different strategies in place. As physicians, we like to pretend like sleep is not an important thing. <laughs> and so sometimes just being like, oh. When I actually sleep seven hours a night, I feel so much better. Being conscious of that and making that part of your strategy, just sustain those simple things. A lot of people think, oh, self-care means I go to a spa, I go to a this. And for me, I, I always said, I go on fabulous vacations. That was like my go-to thing when I was practicing medicine. However, like the most I would do is quarterly. That's not going to, four vacations a year is not going to sustain you. It's like, what are the things you do every single day that allow you to show up as your the best version of yourself. So that's kind of the overall system I use. And I have a bunch of like different tools that I use within that to help people utilize that system. I love that. That sounds so super powerful and all, all the things so aligned and all of that. And I love it so much. So if somebody's listening and they are like vibing with you, where do they need to come check you out? Social handles, where are you hanging out at? First off, my website is essenceofstrength.com. My business is called Essence of Strength. You can go check me out over there. If you'd have a like to have a conversation with me, I love to help people get clarity. I call it a complimentary clarity conversation right there on my website. You can reach out to me and we can talk and see if maybe we can help you get some clarity on those priorities that you are trying to honor more in your life. On the socials, I am, sorry, it's different names for everything. On Facebook, I'm Essence of Strength with Dr. Jatsi Sinesi. On Instagram, at Dr. Essence of Strength. On Twitter, at Essence Strength. Awesome. We'll put all that in the show notes so you guys don't need to be taking no notes. We'll have all the links in there. No worries. 
Well, friend, it is so great to sit here and talk with you. It's amazing to see your journey as a third party. I, I really do have to tell you, you're such an inspiration to me and the work that you're doing. And I talked to some of the people that you've worked with, and you have radically helped change these young doctors, still wet behind the ears from getting out of training, make them feel like this is possible for 30 years. And I just want to tell you that is amazing work that you're doing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Well, everybody reach out. If you yourself are feeling like, you know, I am low on the satisfaction scale, please reach out to Jatu. She is fabulous to talk with. Like I said, all the stuff will be in the show notes. I know that you just tell her you heard her on the podcast and that will make both of our days. So friend, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, Erin. It was great to chat with you. Hey, are you tired of going at it alone? Well, friend, you don't have to anymore. Come sit with me. I want you to know that it's okay if you need to take a break. It's okay if you need to talk about some real crappy things. It's okay. You're not the first to feel like this, and you don't have to stick it out and be miserable. There is a way out, and there's a whole movement of fierce females in your corner. If you want to come sit with me and be in my community, you will not see me in Facebook groups. I freaking hate Facebook with a deep and fiery passion. <laughs> but what you can do is come over to Aaron Wiseman's Badass Collective on Slack. Because guess what? Once a badass, always a badass. And this isn't anything that's paid. It's not anything that I'm like throwing huge promos at you. It is simply a community where I am trying to get people together in the same space so that we can have these kind of conversations safely and in a protected manner that you feel so loved on. It's the whole purpose. So click in the show notes, get over to the Slack group. We do have some community rules. But, you know, that's just how it goes. But I would love to see you in there. I am in there almost every single day having real conversations, posting crazy pictures of my kids and gifts, all that good stuff. And I want you in there, too. So come on over. Come sit with me. All right, just a word from our sponsor, locumstories.com. For doctors, the story has changed. Visit drpodcastnetwork.com backslash locumstory for unbiased information about locum tenants and to see if it should be your next chapter. And remember, locum tenants tends to trend as a godsend men to the burnt out ends. <laughs> Thanks so much, locumstory.com. And yes, go check them out. Let them help you. Thanks so much to two for coming on Dr. Me First. If you can relate with her story, I highly encourage you to go check her out at essenceofstrength.com. Tatu is just a fabulous person and even better friend. And so with that, remember your life, your calling, your pulse matters.
ignore. 